Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, y'all? Here we are for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. We got AG Aaron Gershon does his thing at the Cats Paws. Say the like the Ohio State people. The <laughs> Cats Paws. Got the QB, Jalen Whitlow, former UK QB man. Fellas, how's everybody doing? Better than Kentucky uh, football right now, I think. <laughs> it was a Ooh. it was a lethargic uh, game Saturday night. Uh, obviously, a lot to break down there, but uh, you know, it, you just it, it's hard to put into words what what we saw on Saturday. I, I know Will Levis was out, and that shake them up a little bit. But man, you got to play a lot better around a guy who's you know never started a college game before. Yeah, I'm good, man. I you know. Kind of the same thing, kind of a um, – I think that game kind of, you know, set them back a little bit, unfortunately, uh, with the momentum they had going. You know, you can get – the Ole Miss was one thing, but that that one was a, was a, was a you know, decent setback. So um, – but I'm good, man. Um, you know, ready to see if they bounce back this Saturday against a good Mississippi State team uh, that's going to throw the ball a lot. But they also, you know, have changed – some things and they run the ball more now. Um, so it's, you know, it's going to be exciting to see how the defense does. That's what I want to see really. Uh, but yeah, man, ready to see, see what happens. Yeah. Yes. Coach Stu's been saying it every press conference, every opportunity, another good team coming in here. Nobody's going to feel sorry for us. Both are true. And mm-hmm. Ole Miss is going to come in and well, look, they know they have one in Lexington and forever. They they want to get that monkey off their back just as much as Kentucky wants to win in Starkville. Uh, <laughs> they have a good team, like Jalen said. They, they're ranked and exceeding expectations from media day. Nobody saw them kind of doing what they're doing. I don't That's think. Exa- yeah, they were picked to finish sixth in the West. You're exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I still – I know Will Levis. Will Levis covers a multitude of issues. We know this. I know he was 76% of the offense. I knew that. I still thought they had enough at other positions and the roster is constructed. Had enough to handle South Carolina and still a win without him. Keep it simple. Pound C rod. Play lights out defensively and just kind of smother South Carolina and Rattler, and you 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 grind out this win over Carolina. Uh, the the you Texas Aaron that 
said they're kind of done, and I was like, nah, they'll be all right. I know. And no, they they weren't all right. Nah, man, you could tell. And you know, JJ, we were even admitted after the game that there was a lack of energy, and uh, a lot of that he said, at least from the offense, he said the offense lacked energy because Will Levis was out. And obviously, yeah, it's hard to overcome in an SEC game. Even though I still think Kentucky had the better roster, even without Will uh, on Saturday, it's hard to overcome not having a star quarterback. I get it, but it, it's not—it's not an excuse because it, they didn't play well or coach well against uh, around Kaya Sharon. Did Kaya Sharon play a great game? No. Was he awful? I didn't think so. I thought he made a couple of good throws uh, when he had the chance. He was able to show some moxie on that touchdown to Dingle with a play fake. I mean, he did a couple things pretty well. But man, when you have three or four drops or balls that go off guys' fingertips. Uh, Barry on Brown and Dane Key both had one. You know, the fumble with the trick play, which was just a, you know, we'll break that down, I'm sure. A horrendous play called to start a game. And really, you know, you go into halftime, you're still tied at seven. And obviously, again, another thing we'll break down is how bad the defense was in the second half. But you go into halftime down, you're tied at seven. You're, you get the ball back just down seven in the second half. And you just abandon the only thing that was working, which was the run. Uh, you know, I think this is finally the week we can have a conversation on some of the issues uh, going on with the offensive coordinator. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I hate to be uh, this negative, but what are you, what else is there to say right now? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it was very, um, you know, I was – I was kind of worried, man. Like, I was like, this This seemed like some deeper issues right here. You know, this didn't seem like, okay, we just didn't play well. You know, it, it seemed like, you know, first of all, as coaches, you got to get your team up to play. Um, I know your starting quarterback is out. Now, players got to play at the end of the day. But when your starting quarterback is out, you know, by position, that guy is a leader. Uh, so when you see your – team leader not playing a guy who's a projected first round draft pick you know such a great leader uh as they say so when you don't see your starter that can kind of you know guys can kind of feel a certain way obviously they didn't have any any I mean like zero confidence in Kaya and I think that's a again I'm not being critical of the guy that's a coaching issue in my opinion you gotta you gotta make sure those guys trust and believe the plan going into the game. We're, obviously, as a backup quarterback, he's not as good as a starter. We get it. The starter's a projected first-round draft pick. But you got to make sure those guys believe in the plan, and the plan is, you know, structured enough where they believe that the quarterback that's playing can, you know, execute that plan. And the plan is simple enough and easy enough that the quarterback can execute it. I think that was – you know, with the lack of energy and, and the lack of, you know, um, you know, just juice from the offense is was was really was really alarming. Um, you know, and I spoke about this, you know, the other day, but you know, up front, you know, the offensive line, I, I you know, now some of that is on the quarterback. Quarterbacks are holding on to the ball. Will held on to oh, the ball many times so far. Kaya held on to the ball. You never ever get sacked on a movement play. Sprint outs, naked, so you don't get sacked on those. That's on the quarterback. Um, you know, you can't allow that to happen. But at the same time, it goes back to what we were saying, I think, last week, where there's a lot of thinking going on. And those guys, those guys are not playing fast and confident. They aren't. Um, 
the only guy that plays fast and confident consistently is, is Chris Rodriguez. He's the only guy that plays fast and confident every single snap. And that's just, you know, maybe he has the easiest job. Usually running back's jobs, you know, aren't as complicated as everybody else's. But uh, he's the only guy that consistently plays fast and confident, in my opinion. And that's even with Will in the game. You know, yeah. Chris Rodriguez, the only guy that consistently plays fast and confident. Everybody else is like they're thinking a little bit too much, man. When the mind when the mind is moving fast, the feet are moving slow. And I say that to everybody, you know. And I, you know, I really believe that, man. And uh, that's what's going on. But you know, I guess the bright side is, you know, Will will be back this week. Um, they got to show up. Last last year we saw that Mississippi State game. You know, you don't allow a quarterback to be ninety something percent completion percentage on you. That's terrible. You gotta, you know, you gotta play man zero, whatever you gotta do to find a way to get him uncomfortable, throw some completions. Uh, so they gotta they gotta kind of you know fix that this year against Mississippi State, and um, it's gonna be a tall task because Mississippi State they they're good. I mean it is what it is. They can play. I wouldn't be shocked that they get Bama a real run for their money this year. Uh, I think it was Georgia good. at home in Starkville. I I think so. Yeah, I mean they they are good, but you know again when you get your quarterback back, potential first round draft pick that that can change a lot of things. So again, Coach Stoops is a great coach. He know how to motivate his guys. Uh, so I'm sure. You know they'll be playing with their hair on fire on Saturday, or uh, or it'll be a, a big issue in that locker room. Yeah. Speaking from experience, <laughs> what about the lack of fast starts? Maybe come at the, at the beginning of the game. Now you know you got the, the reverse. Put them in a bind. You gave them a touchdown this past Saturday. Yep. Uh, but down at Ole Miss, you get hit in the mouth. Down nineteen to six at Florida, down sixteen to seven, uh, trailing against what was it? Miami, Ohio scored seven to nothing. Yeah, same, Northern oh, Illinois, same thing. So, is there you know maybe something to the, the energy or, or you playing fast, getting off to good starts? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah, I mean we haven't seen that. I mean, oh, I guess it's kind of been weird where the two games that the offense did get off to a fast start, it was responding after their defense did, you know, uh, both the, that was the case in the, the two Mac games, but that's really been a trend for both sides of the ball. I I would say is what, I, I guess not as much the defense, the defense's issue right now is they're not playing four quarters. I mean, we just saw the same thing in reverse order the last two weeks, uh, first half against Ole Miss, specifically the first quarter, awful second half, I think like one first down and a field goal. I mean, they were awesome. And then last week, you know, you don't really, you don't blame them at all for getting the, you know, giving up the touchdown at the two yard line. So yeah, they gave up seven points, but really knocked those off. And then they, they just couldn't tackle or stop anything in the second half. So uh, it's been inconsistency there. And then the offense. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can throw some of last week offense out the window with the quarterback play, but you can't throw away the drops and the poor offensive line play. And um, they definitely need, I mean, if they, man, if they fall behind in this one, you know, even if they're able to score 21 points or something, uh, it, it's going to be a tall task to hold Mississippi state to a first down or no points in the second half, like they were able to do to Florida and, and essentially Ole Miss. It's just, it, it, they have to start faster on both sides of the ball this week to have a shot. I was talking to, well, I think was it Van house who we've talked about trying to get on here, but I know he's, he's got a podcast. He does probably about this time <laughs> to get him, but he was on another podcast Sunday, not his own, but he was a guest. And he talked about, 
because uh, he played DB. When you know maybe the offense is a little bit handcuffed going in, where you know that uh, with, with Kaya, you're probably not going to be a lot of points up on the board. It kind of handcuffs you as a defense to where you, you don't gamble when you normally would. It kind yep. of changes the way they play defense. He he wasn't excusing it, but he was kind of saying that would be a reason how they gave up some of the things they don't typically give up yeah. this past Saturday. And it, it makes sense. What's crazy about that, though, is in the first half, they played great defensively. I mean, they finally had a couple of sacks. I mean, Ty Asian came on that safety blitz and forced a fumble. You know, great play by Trevin Wallace to grab a pick and man coverage. With I mean, they did those things in the first half, and it just felt like that maybe to Van's point, like knowing that the offense wasn't doing anything, the pressure to have to stop them every time got to them in the second half. After but drilling, I don't know, maybe that's – yeah, losing it. Oh, now we're but dead. I, I didn't think, at least in the first half, a lack of aggression wasn't the issue. For once, I thought the defensive line was winning at the point of attack, and obviously got a big pick from a linebacker. And you mentioned that maybe now it's time to look at the, the offense coordinator a little bit. You yeah. kind of alluded to that, Jalen, with the the thinking too much, and maybe it's, it's the grasping of the offense hasn't happened as quick as everybody thought it would. They came in South Carolina averaging 0.8 sacks a game. Kentucky was, of course, giving up a lot of sacks. So something's got to give. Yeah. And they got six and lump it up into protection however you want to. Maybe Kaya shouldn't have got sacked and shouldn't have ran uh, and tried to outrun guys like in high school and things of that nature. But they got six sacks, which is seven times the amount they've been getting per game. Cause they hadn't even getting one sack a game all year. They got six. So you made them look like the 85 bears from, <laughs> from that regard. So it was Scangarello said they're losing one-on-one battles. Uh, you know, you lost Kennard and those guys to the NFL, but you still thought there was a little more depth and a little more development there. And it's just maybe not, not seeing that on the O-line and, and the protection from, Maybe I'm wrong, but what do y'all think? Yeah, I mean, with a, with an inexperienced quarterback, I think the kid had maybe a couple snaps his you know entire college career. Two, uh, yeah, two snaps. <laughs> so, I remember saying that. So, I mean, three of those those sacks that I remember vividly were just a kid just not really understanding the situation and not and kind of underestimating the the athletes that he's going against. You know, at yep. this level. You're not going to run away from everybody. Um, you know, I consider myself, you know, pretty good speed. And I had to learn that real fast that, you know, some of those defensive ends are just they freak athletes, man. They, they you know, they're big and they're fast. They're going to get you if they, they get close. So um, you got to be able to throw the ball away. You can't take sacks on movement concepts, sprint outs, nakeds, you know, keepers, whatever you want to call them. You can't take sacks on those. So if you just do that, um, that eliminates you. You know that eliminate two of them right there from the game, um, at least. So, but yeah, I, I, the, the the issue is the issue, man. There, there's a there's a there's a coaching error somewhere up front, um, and you know, you're not gonna be the big blue wall every year. You're gonna have some years where you're not as good. Yeah. It happens to everybody. Uh, look at Bama last year. Offensive line was you know very average in pass, in pass protection. Uh, and a run blocker. But yeah. you look at Kentucky this year, uh, 
I don't think they're bad still. I just think, you know, there's an error somewhere when it comes to guys being extremely confident in what they're doing. You know, you see guys get beat a lot of times because it looks like they're thinking. They're not playing and reacting. Like offense is you – know, football is a reaction sport. You have to be able to react to what you see. And if you're thinking and trying to react, it's going to slow your feet down. And you get beat by those five, four, three-star athletes up front. They're, they're, they're trained to beat you, you know? So, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm going to, you know, really kind of make a point that I, I believe that's what's going on in the front is, is, is a little bit of thinking or a lot of thinking. Um, again, I don't think they're void of talent. No. Talent, I don't, I, that's not the issue. So, uh, you got to kind of figure out what it is. And I know, and again, it's not being critical to coaches, but I know there's some embarrassment going on with Yenzer right now uh, and, and, and Scangarello as well. I, I just know there is. I mean, you kind of build this big, big blue wall persona and, you know, it's not really holding up. But positive side is, again, quarterback's coming back. I'm not sure when Flax is coming back. Did y'all hear anything about him? Should be this week. We'll see. Yeah. So, he was playing much better before the injury, I thought. Yeah. So, you know um, – you know, again, a half a year left. So yeah. they can kind of rewrite the script now. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can rewrite the script. There's a half a year left, you know, and and, and make a run for it at the end of the year. But uh, they got to definitely make some improvements up front. Um, and I think they got to simplify some things on offense. You know, I'm not big into being a simpleton at all, but I'm not big into having my players, you know, having to um, process too much information yeah. pre-snap. And I'm also not big into having, you know, um, the play clock at, at three, two, and one every time before we snap. Every down. time. Um, I, I think, you know, in my opinion, you allow the defensive coordinator to really impact the game. So the way you take def- – and watch this Tennessee-Alabama game on uh, on Saturday. Uh, Pete Golden and Nick Saban will be taken out of the game if, if Tennessee gets their offense going. Because you take you take the D coordinator out of the game. You make the players have to process and make the calls without even looking to the sideline when the tempo is going. Now, I'm not saying Kentucky need to be that fast, but don't allow them to make every check, every every time you send a motion, we're still waiting for the ball to snap. You allow the defensive coordinator to really, you know, bring his game plan into fruition, right? He kind of gets the chalk last. And you don't want that to happen when you're struggling up front. Right. You want things to be simple. You want guys to play fast. So, again, that's just my opinion. Obviously, Rich Gangarello has a different mentality when it, he got, he has that NFL type mentality. Everybody wants to chalk last. Well, I'd rather be able to uh, eliminate communication and eliminate and make guys, make kids at the end of the day. Some of these kids are 18 years old on the field, 19 years old. Make them make the, all of the decisions on the field, the defense and allow my guys to know exactly what we're doing and play extremely fast, in my opinion. That's what, to be honest with you, that's what Mike Leach does. Mike Leach allow his guys to play fast. If you go watch this, I got all the film from Mississippi State. I got all the film when he was at Washington State. I even got some film when he was at Kentucky. Um, They run the same concepts over and over and over. They just change the presentation. They change the motion. They change the formation. They change the shift. They, They snap the ball fast or a tempo, whatever you want to call it, they just changed the presentation. But it's the same exact plays. And Lincoln Riley as well, they're running the same exact plays. And they are always at the top of the list in the country in offense, right? Yeah. 
so, you know, if you think about that, you, there's some merit to that. So I just think, you know, you know, they, again, I'm not a simpleton, but they, you got to simplify things to allow your players to play fast. Right. Cause at the end of the day, Will Levis is an extremely gifted quarterback, but when he's thinking he's on the same level as some of these Mac quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So allow Will Levis to be who he is, allow uh, Barry on Brown to be who he is. Right. Cause when he's thinking he's the same speed as the guy across from him, even though he's actually faster than that guy. So mm-hmm. I just believe in that. Uh, and I think it's, it's kind of showing right now. So again, you know, not to be negative, but ha- you got a whole year or a half a year left where they can kind of rewrite the script a little bit. You mentioned what uh, sprint outs and, and rollouts. And um, we talked last week, how we hadn't seen a lot of that with Levis, but yeah, saw a lot of it with Sharon. So is it, is it in the game? Is it in the playbook going forward yeah. now? Or is it going to be part of the game plan when Will comes back? Yeah. What, what, what's up with that? Look, this is the week to do it. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, you look at, you know, the the talking point with Mississippi State is their run defense isn't good. And then I see fans on that on their side, on Mississippi State side, push back and say, that's not true. So I went and looked at the numbers and it, the quarterback run is killing them. So Jaden Daniels at LSU had 93 yards. Uh, Malik Hornsby, the backup at Arkansas, who got the start with a uh, KJ Jefferson out had 111. So they're getting, and Bowling Green's quarterback ran for a decent amount. Forget the numbers. So they get crushed by the quarterback run. When it comes to running backs, you know, they're doing a pretty good job outside of, um, I think Sanders at Arkansas had like 80 yards, which even for him is a pretty good game uh, for the defense. So uh, if you're going to do it, this is the week, but can I, on a, you know, a bad toe and all this, you know, money that could be at stake. As much as they should, I, I just don't see it. I I, I really don't because you know we, we talk about them holding onto the ball too long, which they are. But I feel like last year, those plays instead of one two, I think Jalen even said this exact thing last week. Instead of one two go and take off and get your yardage, like Will was able to do so effectively last year, it's one two three panic. Like <laughs> uh, that's basically what it's felt like. So. I, I just won't believe I'm, we're going to see more quarterback runs until we see it. I mean, obviously, with Kaya, it was a different game. And they even had packages for the freshman Destin Wade last week that they were hoping to use the quarterback run, maybe some Wildcat, who knows, um, and never got to it because the game was out of hand or, you know, it just, you know, they couldn't mess with all the trickery after what happened on the first play. So it, it really needs to. Obviously, you know, you would hope that, if they are able to roll Levis out, he knows to slide or get out of bounds rather than last year when he took those hits. But uh, I do think it handicaps them a little bit when, you know, he's not running at all. Uh, is it his right or left foot? I am not positive on that. I want to say it's his right, but I'm not positive. It's a, it's a toe. I can tell you that. Yeah. And I was, you know, and I know this is kind of getting to the weeds here, but for a quarterback, you know, the right foot, the right big toe plays a big role in generating power. Yeah, that is what um, it is, I believe. So, um, you know, that, you know, so, but yeah, I mean, for him to sit out last week, we know that it's pretty serious uh, for him to sit out a whole game um, and, and, and risk what happened on Saturday actually happening. So, and uh, my brother had turf toe. I had turf toe for a minute, but my brother had it bad. And his last for years, actually. Um, 
you know, it's just nagging. It comes back when you, you know, tweak it and whatnot. So I'm sure they'll, you know, shoot him up or he'll pop a few pills and uh, <laughs> ready to go, man. I'm <laughs> sure he wanted to go. There's no way that kid, he's so competitive. You know, he did everything he could last week and it didn't work out. But I, I can tell you that we've seen, we haven't, obviously we can't watch practice begin in the end, but, you know, we see him walking around. There's no boot this week. So um, he's definitely, I mean, unless like Stu said today on his, uh, on the teleconference, unless something goes wrong, he's playing. So at least there's that, but uh, it just feels like, uh, this offense could add another dimension if they had him running a little bit, but you know, it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough. That's why these kids don't play the bowl games anymore. <laughs> you know, there's too much money at stake. A lot, a lot of money at stake, but uh, nowadays, you know, you got the NIL, so maybe it's not as. That's true. That compensates a bit, especially Will. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a marketing deal with everything. He does. So if had NIL been a thing when you were in Lexington, Jalen, would you have, there are places you would have gone to, like I mean, the Palmetto Ford, or would you went somewhere, a, a restaurant in Lexington? Would you have went and struck a deal back in Montgomery, Alabama, and done something? What What would have been your strategy as far as NIL and and, and marketing yourself and and negotiating a deal? Had you been able to yeah, during the season, super selective, so probably more so just local things, you know, uh, that I had time to do. But if I, you know. Honestly, if I had if I had that opportunity, and I talked to my guys a lot, and we were like, man, we missed out because I mean these guys are, you know, you got guys who don't even or aren't really that much of an impact at certain schools who are. I I got off the phone with a kid that I coached at Tennessee, and I wish I could. I, I may I may tell y'all off air, but uh, I mean, <laughs> hey, hey, more power to him, man. They, they, <laughs> They, hey, they, they, they balling. You know, that's all <laughs> oh, I'm saying. Yeah. They are balling, man. And to be a college kid raking in that much money, <laughs> um, man, you know, I'm not the wild type, but shoot, man, it'll be hard <laughs> not to, you know, <laughs> not to get into something. But, uh, but yeah, they, they, you know, from, from if the numbers that I heard are correct, which I, I'm sure they are, I think you're, yeah, they probably are. Um, that is crazy you know for college kids you know but i respect and i you know i applaud will and hooker and even bryce young and he's on all these commercials you don't have the wherewithal to be locked in you know be 19 and 20 and 21 i know hooker like 28 but you know <laughs> to, be, to be locked in you know and, and really focused while being so young and you know and and, and bringing in that type of money um you know, shout out to them, man, because that takes a lot of maturity. Uh, I mean, we got guys who I know guys who used to get that pill check and and, and, and go stupid on the weekends. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, shout, shout out to them, man. That 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 does take a lot of maturity. I think people need to really recognize them for that, because uh, um, you know, being a college kid, you kind of got everything at your fingertips, uh, especially with that type of money in your bank account. So, um, but shout out to them, man. And that was a criticism too before NIL really got into play. Well, you that much money, they're just gonna go wild. Some of the naysayers that didn't want it, that was their argument. And then you just mentioned you know, Bryce Young's on every Dr. Pepper commercial. You know, he replaced the little brother because you know he got the mom and dad because he living yeah. with mom and dad, you know, and um who I think you know, he's on the Heisman House commercials and all that kind of stuff too. So yeah, and it has an impact to his performance and, and like you said so to be that young and to be able to 
have all that on your plate and still, you know, show up and produce like everybody's wanting you to, which is what got you to deal in the first place. Yeah, you gotta you gotta tip your cap. Yeah, and what I and from what I hear, those guys are doing some really really cool things with that money when it comes mm -hmm. to their teammates. Uh, so they need to be recognized for that too, because I I've heard some stories from inside some programs where um, you know some of those guys are are you know cutting up hundreds of thousands of dollars um, and, and, and spread it amongst people. You know, I don't know how they do that. I don't know how that's legal or whatever they're doing to make it legal, but uh, that's that's commendable. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So <clears throat> um, we got, you know, Mississippi State, we've been previewing that. AG, man, as far as just the cat's paws, what, what content have you been putting out? Tell everybody what, what stories you've been writing, what you got in the works, and what you just posted and filed and all that good stuff too, man. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's the daily grind of these, you know, media sessions four days a week and then and game day. But, you know, basketball is uh, ever cl so close here and, uh, you know, starting to get ready for that, too. So the yearbook, uh, I don't know if it's out out yet. I don't I know it's supposed to be printed last week. I, I, I'm behind on knowing being in the know, you know, with all the football stuff. But, yeah, man, it, it's been business as usual. And uh uh, it's obviously a little easier and more fun when the team's playing better, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it is what it is right now, but yeah, I think this week at practice, you know, we were there obviously Monday Stoops was 16 minutes Monday he usually goes for a half hour. I thought that was pretty interesting. He was not really interested in, uh, until I don't blame him, <laughs> but, uh, really wasn't interested in talking much. And then yesterday with Scangarello was, um, you know, it took a lot of it. I thought he did a good job touching on a lot of the things we we're talking about earlier, um, you know, with the pace, uh, with the pace, with the um, playing better around Kai as some of the things of the offensive line. And I thought uh, I asked him specifically and um, he gave a pretty good answer on some of the I think. And this is something we could kind of transition into. I think one of the things that's kind of hampered the offense the last three weeks compared to the first three weeks of the season is, you know, there weren't many drops at the beginning of the year or those fingertip passes that were near misses. Those are adding up at this point. And I guess you could attribute, you know, especially when it's Barry on and Dane, you can experience that to youth, but you know, you talk about, I think Genzer, uh, he talked yesterday and I think, you know, he said, you know, with the false starts, which the penalties have also been a killer, but you know, there's no, he said exactly. There's no margin for error in this offense right now. And, you know, that's pretty telling one and two, but when you have uh, the preventable things, the drops, you know, the near miss throws, the, the pre-snap penalties, it, it, it just hampers an already, you know, a little bit of a limited offense right now. So that was kind of the theme yesterday. And then defensively, the theme was kind of also something we talked about earlier, just playing 60 minutes. It's been a trend all year long of one really good half and one bad one. And I'm not trying to go away from where you went to, but going back to the, to the offensive line, I'm not trying to make excuses, but it is, what, the third offensive line coach in three years? Yeah. Schlarman, Wolford, now Yenzer. Yeah. He plays a role where, you know, your mind is still back with this verbiage or this kind of protection or this kind of scheme. I don't know if it's, everything's kind of running together. Uh, that's part of it. Um, it's it's just – It is it is interesting. Obviously, Schlarman is a mommy man. Everything he stood for 
obviously there wasn't one person player who could say anything negative about him and what he built and, you know, still some of the pieces that he, you know, handpicked to be a part of this unit are, are playing a role right now. Um, you don't take anything away from that, but some of the talk this spring was uh, Jeremy Flex specifically, they didn't love Wolford. Right. <laughs> that yeah. He was one of those, you know, chew you out coaches. He wasn't, he had no patience. It wasn't, you know, it was all, you know, do your job or get your your butt chewed off. That's just how it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Yenzer is more of a calming presence. He's more of a player's coach. Um, he's still going to be tough. And, I, I mean, I saw him get into it, you know, just a couple open practices during the spring and uh, on fan day. I mean, he's a very intense guy, but he's definitely – there's a lot of praise in there, you know, every time. And I guess that was something that was lacking last year. So – I do think the offensive line, I, I think Yenzer is the right guy at least to coach these guys, but that's where I, I think it just goes back to, is this scheme too complicated? Is it too, you know, the verbiage too much? Uh, it just felt, and I know they were in a pro style offense last year, but, and there were some more veterans too, especially up front, but I don't know. There just seems to be so much communication that's amiss. I mean, one thing I've noticed, you know, a lot of it, I don't know how much they showed on TV, but when Will or last week Kyer, they're going to get the play in, there's a lot of this going on from both the quarterback and the receivers. Like, what are we doing? And that's concerning, man. Yeah. And uh, real quick, I want to, you know, we talked about Slarman, man. I, you know, just to say something about him, I, yeah. I, I just one guy I always appreciate it, man. I know. You know, we went through some hard times. Uh, you know, he got there in 2013. You know, I only played for him for one year, but he was one of those coaches where I just respect it, man. He he never really, like, if he came to me, it was always something that, you know, a lot of stuff that I could have done better, obviously, but it was never negative. It was never, like, you know, to chew you out. It was always to be like, come on, man, we, you know, let's make sure we do this because these guys or whatever, whatever. It was always, like, respectable it was I always respected the guy you know um he was super respectful and I got a lot of I had a lot of um you know just good memories from him because he taught me a lot you know as a coach you know because he never really got out of himself he never really got beside himself when there was a lot of times where he could have um he always was a stern but calming voice on the sideline and uh that's kind of how I like to model myself is, you know, because at the end of the day, it's a game, right? But but there's a game with high stakes. So he was stern. He was, you know, business-like, but he was also – he also understood the student-athlete. He understood the – he felt the temperature of the room. Stoops is really good with that too. They feel the temperature of the room. And you got a lot of coaches who just don't have that ability or they just don't give a damn enough to do it. Uh, but Slarman always did, and I always appreciate him for that, man. And – uh you know, I, I've never met a player who didn't like him. Never met, never met one who didn't like. They always respected him. You know, coach, guys talk in the locker room, and you know quickly who guys don't like and who they like. <laughs> Immediately, guys respected and liked Schwarmer. But the first word was they respected him as a man, you know, because he he stood for something that was – that as a young 18-, 19-year-old student athlete that we respected um, because he always spoke to you. He was always stern with you. And he he respected you first until you gave him a reason to get in your butt. But he always, you know, he was always a stand-up guy, and I appreciate him for that, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, 
a nice nice tribute there from your personal experiences with him when you were there playing for sure yeah, no doubt um, and just at the end of the day too just going back to the the team and we i think we've hit it all because ag we know you got a uh, a formal attire party you got hit so, I, i'm wearing this <laughs> but uh at the end of the day we we all i think still feel the pieces are in place kentucky has all oh, the yeah. pieces in place to have and they're still on pace for a, a good season that the schedule gets toughened up you know 10 and 2 still on the table but for the optimism it's because all the pieces were in place, you know, uh, the line, the tight ends, the backs, you know, a first round draft pick at, at, at QB, the you know, veteran defense, all these things were in place. But just offensively and, and special teams, we just still haven't seen oh. anything fall. Everything hasn't clicked yet. There's been a lot of issues. We uh, another missed kick had a punt block by you know beamer jr which you know i know beamer ball known for that and then they got a block and uh media day you know mark stoops he kind of opened himself up by by saying the you know the dude wears the goofy glasses and dances around (laughs) if you're gonna say that you need to beat him yeah you don't you know as soon as he hit that locker room he's gonna get them glasses out and then and now they can say if he gets it rolling down there for them well it all started back when we went on the road and won at kentucky he's already starting that over ranked team this is what got the ball rolling. They yeah. used that in recruiting, and then, you know, first signature win, blah 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 blah. blah. And so you, now you now you gotta have to gotta hear that now. So yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I mean, remember last year, Dane Key was visiting South Carolina, and Kentucky goes in and beats them, and that you know Vince Mayer <laughs> FaceTimes Key from the lot. I mean, this this is a revenge game for South Carolina, and they got it, man. I mean, yeah. one of the one of the benchmarks or one of the doors that Mark Stoops knocked down was he passed South Carolina and Missouri uh, in the division in Florida. Now, I mean, you know, South Carolina up until the 2010 game, 2011, one of those years uh, had a 10 or 11 game winning streak over Kentucky. I mean, obviously the early Spurrier days, you know, the Gamecocks were dominating that series and then Kentucky took complete control uh, really until, you know, Saturday night. So yeah, that was that was a tough one. But like going back to your first point, that's why this game, man, is it's everything. <laughs> this is this will decide whether you can go at least eight and four, maybe get to nine and three. Or, uh, I mean, I don't know about ten and two with both Georgia and Tennessee, but at least have another nine and three regular season and give yourself a shot uh, at ten uh, in a bowl game, and then. Or even eight and four with how it started, uh, you know, with the slow offensive play and uh, these two last two stink, the, the Ole Miss preventable loss and then the stinker at South Carolina. I still think, you know, is that what you wanted going into this year? No. Is it acceptable? Yeah. Um, but man, if you lose this one, you have that bad taste in your mouth going into a bye week and then you have to, you know, watch Tennessee. Who knows if they beat Bama? I mean, you have to watch that. Uh, they're obviously, you know, they got UT Martin, so they're going to obviously Kentucky will have full rest, but you'd have to imagine Tennessee will be at least half rest because uh, they're not going to have to play the whole game against UT Martin. And then, uh, you know, it becomes a, just a daunting task in Knoxville. And then, you know, you're then you're staring at four and four. <laughs> it's like, man, seven and five would feel like the max at that point. So I just think this game, 
not that it's going to be easy because it definitely is not. And I don't know if I'd pick Kentucky to win it, but it just feels like if they lose this, this is a game, whether you could either turn your season back around and still get close to the goals that you set to start the year and at least have a good taste in your mouth or you're staring at man, like seven and five, six and six. And everyone's questioning you again. If, if this was, you know, has Stoops peaked, you're going to get all those crazy questions that drive you nuts. Yeah. Yep. 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 So we shall see. We shall see. Um, I think we hit all the points we was trying to hit in this one. Um, and if you got an event that you got to go to and you want to be on time, you want to get you a lots of rain watch. Aaron got a party <laughs> to go to lots of rain.com. If it's a formal party, if you're going to go casual, it doesn't matter. Get your lots of rain watch on your wrist. Be looking fly either way. Lots of rain.com. Premium watches and accessories been around since 2018. Dave and Ben have got you. Go to the site. Hit them with a question in the chat. They'll get back to you and answer your question where you know what you're purchasing. You know the style of watch. You know the accessories. They got everything there for men and women. You can quit just looking at your phone to see what time it is. Get yourself a lot of rain watch. It's very affordable and it's a wonderful product. You can tell them you heard about them by listening to the Believe in Kentucky podcast, which is available on Believe.com and wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. Spreaker, CastBox, all those places on um, the audio side. You got uh, TuneIn, <clears throat> Believe Football. Um, you got the Believe Radio. You can believe in Kentucky on both of those on the TuneIn app. And there's also Believe TV coming as well. Uh, send this video in. I believe they'll have us up on Believe TV. You go to sport.tv. And there's a Believe channel. So all those shows, you know, Believe in Bengals, Believe in Ravens, Believe in Wisconsin, whatever team you want is there. And hopefully you'll see Believe Kentucky. We'll have our little slot where you can go in there and watch this episode. So all kind of good stuff. We're proud to be a part of the network and bring you UK content uh, each and every week. We enjoy doing it. Hope you all enjoy listening. Have fun doing this episode, y'all, man. AG, hope you have a, a great, splendid, spectacular evening. <laughs> That's the appearance you got to make. Quick. Uh, Jay Witt, man, hope you have a good evening as well. And, uh, appreciate you, man. We always appreciate bringing y'all this podcast. And so we hope to be talking about Kentucky being 5-1 and one this week. It didn't happen. They're 4-2. Yeah. Get the this thing home. back on track. So we hope to be talking about Things getting back on track after this game against Mississippi State this weekend. We shall see. Y'all stay tuned. When we drop that next episode, y'all tune in and listen. Subscribe, and you get this episode and all the other ones coming straight to your device. And we'll be here next week to talk about all of it. So for Jalen and Aaron, my name is Vinny. We'll be back next week on Believe in Kentucky. Everybody take care now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.